Hey everyone, in today's episode I talked to Dr. Addie Reinhard from MentorVet about the immense amount of stress and burnout present in the vet industry and how you as a pet parent can be a star client and help your veterinarian out. This episode was also brought to you by Shameless Pets, an all-natural nutritionist-crafted sustainable dog treat brand using surplus ingredients such as sweet potatoes that are too big or too small to have made it to the grocery stores. They're made in the USA, and their mission is to save as much food as possible by incorporating healthy foods into innovative and fun treats. You can use Mela25 at checkout for a 25% discount. So with that, let's get right into today's episode. Hey everyone, I'm Daniela from Mela Pet Care, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. This is Dr. Addie Reinhardt, the founder and director of MentorVet. Well, Dr. Addie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Of course. And so to start off, would you maybe just like to introduce yourself to the listeners and give a little bit of personal background? Yeah, of course. Uh, so I, I'm a veterinarian. I graduated uh, from vet school in 2015 from University of Tennessee College of Vet Med. And I practiced small animal vet medicine in the central Kentucky region for around four years. So I, I um, worked in Lexington, Kentucky, which is where I'm currently based. Uh, and I worked in Richmond, Kentucky as well. And in my early career, I, um, I had a lot of good moments and a, and a lot of fun uh, and really rewarding career. But also there was a lot of tough moments and I did experience burnout a couple of times in my early career Two two times that I can kind of put my finger on one was, uh, around seven or eight months out of school. And then once again, at three years, fortunately during that, um, kind of those tough moments, I had pretty wonderful mentors and other veterinarians that could kind of help me through those feelings. But I think after I got to the other side of burnout, the second time I kind of realized that, um, there was other veterinarians who weren't getting that same kind of support in their practices. So I really wanted to find a way that I could help support other veterinarians. So I actually uh, quit my full-time job, went back to school at university of Kentucky, got my master's degree in community and leadership development. And it was there that I've spent the past two years developing and evaluating uh, MentorVet, which is an evidence-based mentorship and professional development program for our early career veterinarians. And so that's what I'm currently doing full-time is uh, working to grow and expand this program so that we can really help support the mental health and well-being of our early career veterinarians. That is amazing. That's a really great story. You were able to at least like, you know, overcome this burnout, right? And you had the help and support of so many other people. Do you feel like burnout and other mental health challenges are very common in the vet industry? So yeah, there, there's actually quite a bit of research that has been done over the last 20 years on kind of mental health and well-being within the vet profession. Um, and some of the, the common themes that we will see in the literature is that the veterinary profession is actually pretty stressful. So veterinarians in general experience higher levels of stress uh, on average than others in the general population. Uh, and also the research does show that burnout levels seem to be particularly high, especially among our early career veterinarians. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of factors that kind of play into this, but I think some of the most common stressors that that's experience um, include 
navigating ethical dilemmas. So issues around ethics and particularly when we're thinking about kind of the cost of veterinary care. So not everyone can afford the most complex state-of-the-art veterinary care. So a lot of times our veterinarians as well as our pet owners have to make some really tough decisions about how to provide care given uh, given the, these limited financial resources. And sadly, uh, some of these cases do end in euthanasia. And uh, I think that can be really tough for our veterinarians. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I think it can also be tough on vets when we have an animal that has like a really grave or poor prognosis and they um, are being pressured to continue treating that animal, even despite a really grave prognosis. So that can be uh, really tough on them as well. Some of the other stressors that vets might experience might be um, navigating conflict or long work hours or being on call or student debt. And that's just to name a few. So I think, um, kind of the summary of all this is that the vet profession can be pretty stressful and we can have higher rates of burnout. Um, that being said, it is also a really fantastic career. And I know, um, you know, a lot of veterinarians that are really thriving in this career. So I think if we can find a way to really cope with this stress and a lot of these stressors in a healthy way that we can really help support, um, our veterinarians so that we can all thrive within this profession. Yeah, no, absolutely. I definitely think we need to support our vets. I mean, every vet just wants the best for the pets. They're here to help the pets and help the pet parents. And so for the pet parents who are listening to this podcast, what are some ways which they can support their vets and kind of make their experience a lot better? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things uh, that you can do to help support veterinarians. So I'm going to share with you all some of the kind of key things uh, that I think make rock star clients uh, in my personal experience. So I've, I've had a lot of clients and I've had some really pretty fantastic clients that make my life and my job a lot easier because as we, we talked about, there's already a lot of stress going on. Uh, so if our clients can be uh, one less stressor, right. And really support our veterinarians uh, that makes my life a lot easier. And it also makes the care for your pet go much better. Uh, so I think the first thing that I'd like to mention is kind Kind of having patience and flexibility. And so especially right now, uh, during the pandemic, our, our veterinary hospitals seem to be particularly busy. Uh, we often have to adapt to new workflows. Um, and you'll probably, and you probably have noticed a lot of changes at your veterinary clinic, uh, over the last two years. And so I think one of the best ways that you can support your veterinarian is to be patient with us uh, while we also navigate these constant changes, because it seems to be changing all the time, right? So you might have to wait a little bit longer, uh, plan some extra time for your veterinary appointment and an anticipation that you might have to wait. And particularly when you're visiting the emergency veterinarian, uh, it's not uncommon to have wait times of two, three, four, five hours. So just um, knowing that we're doing our best uh, to get to your pet as fast as possible. And if you're waiting, it's probably just because the vet's working on a more critical patient uh, that needs more urgent care. And um, I know that in my experience often when I was running behind on my appointments, it was because I had an unexpected emergency or an appointment took me longer than I anticipated because there's something more serious going on with each of these patients that I'm examining. So being patient and flexible um, allows us to give every patient that kind of attention and care that they deserve. Um, a few other things that you can do. So random acts of kindness are always appreciated. I, I remember there was this one day that I was uh, running pretty behind on appointments and I had a client, um, 
noticed that I was really stressed and pretty upset. And I had had a couple really tough cases that day. So he, while he was waiting for his appointment, actually left the clinic, went out and bought me flowers and chocolates, uh, and came back and, and gave those to me during his appointment time. And, and I just love that, that moment I was, I, felt, um, such respect from that client. And it wasn't even about the gift, but it was that random act of kindness that totally boosted my spirits in that moment. So anytime you want to pop into the vet, uh, with some cookies, healthy snacks, um, it really kind of helps. And definitely we won't complain about any random acts of kindness. Um, I think going back to kind of looking at pet care, given limited client finances. So this was one of the the ones that we had talked about that not everybody has the money to uh, pay for really advanced and complex treatment. And and that's okay. Uh, But there are some things that you can do in anticipation of this. And one thing um, that I recommend all my clients do is essentially establish an emergency fund specific to veterinary care. So set aside a little money each month um, to go in that fund so that if anything unexpected comes up, you're going to have the money to pay for it. Um, and that there's some, you know, more extreme expenses that can range in the thousands of dollars, particularly if you don't have pet insurance. So having a little bit of money set aside, particularly for vet care can be really helpful and having, um, pet health insurance. So that can be a huge help. Um, so pet health insurance, not unlike human health insurance can help you when you have some of those more catastrophic vet expenses. Uh, and there's several providers of, of pet health insurance insurance. So I definitely recommend, um, researching some of those plans, uh, and getting your pet on, on one of those plans, um, I think is really important. Uh, a few more things. So I think one thing that I've noticed is that, um, there's a lot of bad information on the internet. So it's really important when you're doing research about your pet's health online, uh, to make sure that you're finding reliable sources. So, and I'll just give you an example here. Um, the other day I Googled, uh, dog conjunctivitis home remedies, right? Uh, stuff that you can do at home, home treatments. And the third result on Google was talking about putting apple cider vinegar in your dog's eye and also essential oils. And so don't believe everything that you read online. Um, and don't, please don't put anything in your pet's eyeballs without talking to your vet first or really any orifice for that matter, because, um, these things can sometimes hurt, uh, more than they can help. So make sure that, um, when you're looking up for information online, look for articles written by vets, um, go to veterinary clinics, websites and their blogs. So VCA hospital, hospitals, uh, MedVet for pets are two uh, good ones that you can kind of find really reliable information and try not to diagnose your pet with something just based on something you read, right? So um, there's a lot of different reasons that, or your pet could be having a symptom. So make sure you're relying on your veterinarian to um, do that physical exam and do the testing um, to, to diagnose the underlying cause of the issue. And I think that the last thing that I will say about kind of tips to be a a rock star client, um, is that some of my best clients were the ones that detected issues with their pet early. And so they brought them in sooner versus later, right? So if your pet gets a new symptom, that's not typical for them. Uh, it might be time to visit the vet. And often if we wait until these problems get a lot worse, then the disease gets worse, the problem gets worse. Uh, and it's not only going to be hard for us to fix, but it's also going to be more expensive for us to fix as well. So definitely make an appointment with your vet. Uh, if you think something is off or abnormal with your animal.
We interrupt this episode to remind you of Shameless Pets, an all-natural nutritionist-crafted sustainable dog treat brand using surplus ingredients such as sweet potatoes that are too big or too small to have made it to the grocery store. They're made in the USA, and their mission is to save as much food as possible by incorporating healthy foods into innovative and fun treats. You can use Mela25 at checkout for a 25% discount. So with that, let's continue with this episode. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that because actually we just had a podcast guest who also explained the importance of kind of this more like preventative side of things rather than waiting until it's too late. So this seems to be a big tip from vets nowadays. It's like, come on guys, catch it early and go to the vet. Don't put apple cider vinegar in your dog's eyes. Go to the vet instead and figure that out. And then also your patience thing was amazing. And I'm glad you mentioned that as well, because I think that's so simple in theory, but also like, you know, putting yourself in the shoes of the vet or sorry, the the pet parent who's currently in the room with the vet, right? Like that's their baby who's getting the care. And so if you're out there waiting in the, the lobby, you have to remember that, you know, someone else's furry pet and the baby is like going through something. And so it's very important to say, hey, you know, if I were them and my baby needed extra care, I too would want everyone to be patient to say, I want the best care for my pet. And so I think these are amazing tips. And so kind of going off of that, because you're mentioning, you know, don't put apple cider vinegar in dog's eyes, um, catch it early. It seems to me that, you know, this, all of these processes are benefiting not only the pet parent and the vet, but also the pet. Uh, am I correct in saying this? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's, it benefits everyone involved and the pet because, um, doing these things not only supports your veterinarian, but it also helps them provide better care for your pets. Right. So, um, your vet is going to be able to more promptly recognize diseases and catch things early, which will lead to often better prognoses and better case outcomes. Uh, and it might even help you as the pet owner save money in the long run, right? Because if we detect these issues early before they get too complex, there might be a simple fix for this. Uh, and so I think if we can collaboratively work together as a team, uh, clients and veterinarians, we are able to provide kind of this higher quality of care for both you and your pet. And so I, yeah, really, I think it benefits, um, everyone involved, especially, especially the pet. Yeah, that is awesome. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we want is for our furry friends to live a happy and healthy life. And so you said all of these amazing things. And so I feel like we're at the perfect time for you to answer our Mela signature question. It's always a good bookend to the podcast because, you know, after you've poured your heart out and you've said all these amazing things, it's great to like tie a little bow on this. And so our Mela signature question is, what does pet health and wellness mean to you in today's day and age? Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic question. And, and I think we have a lot of new technology being produced all the time. We have like a lot of really awesome products coming out, but I will say that pet health and wellness, even still today is all about open communication and collaboration because we can have all those wonderful things, um, and that are really advancing veterinary medicine, but without good communication between our pet owners and our veterinarians, 
we're not going to be able to provide quality care, right? If there's conflict here and we're not working together as a team, then we're not going to be able to leverage all these awesome bells and whistles and new technology uh, that is being developed every day, right? We're not going to be able to use that to its fullest extent. So I think that um, only when we are able to kind of work together, um, clients and veterinarian and do all those good things that, that I said before, um, be patient, open, honest, and respectful both ways, right? If the vet can be uh, patient, honest, open, and respectful to clients and the clients can, uh, can be, uh, give those things back to our veterinarians. I think we can ensure that our pets are receiving the best care possible. Yeah, that is an amazing answer. And so as we're wrapping up this podcast. You know, it was a short episode and I hope listeners want to know more about what's going on in your life. How can they keep up to date with what's going on at MentorVet? Yeah. So you can find MentorVet on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Uh, we share a lot of really helpful well-being and wellness tips that I think can be helpful for really uh, anyone, not just veterinarians. So definitely check us out um, on social. And then if you're interested in learning more about our veterinary mentorship program, you can visit uh, mentorvet.net. So we have information on there about our program and kind of the things that we're doing within the veterinary community to really help support the mental health and well-being of our veterinarians. We're trying to approach this problem in multiple different areas. And so if, if everyone around the veterinarian can support them, then we will be able to help uh, decrease this burnout and stress that our veterinarians are experiencing. Uh, so it's definitely something that I, I work on every day is helping to support our early career professionals. Awesome. Well, I hope every listener goes and checks MentorVet out and kind of keeps this conversation rolling. That would be amazing. As for this podcast, it has unfortunately come to an end. Well, Addie, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening and hope you enjoyed this special episode. If you're interested in keeping up to date with what we're doing here at Mela, feel free to sign up for our newsletter at mela.ai backslash newsletter for an exclusive look into our company. Thank you.